right, well, we were in a series called Learning to Lead. We're going to go back at that next uh, Sunday. So we're in 1 Timothy. I encourage you, read 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 15. It's probably one of the most controversial passages in the New Testament about how we lead the church and why women should stay quiet at home. <laughs> Hello. I know. So oh, you're just stealing my controversial thunder. Anyway. It's, it's, it's a strange part of 1 Timothy that is the Bible, that is the Word of God, and there's more clear understanding than you think. So if you're looking for not a controversial, but rather a helpful explanation of a really interesting passage, I want you to come next Sunday. Come anyway. All right. Now, today we want to focus on the why. Uh, we're here worshiping Jesus, or at least with our family, who's worshiping Jesus, and I'm gonna, I want us to think about why. Why does gathering like this become an important value? Why should this be a habit in our world? Is coming to church a habit? And a trick question, like, I don't know. After the whole controversial thing, do I even answer? Yes, it is. It's a habit. Just like I hope once or twice a week you brush your teeth. <laughs> right? Or maybe more. Habits are good and habits are helpful. Why should the gathering of God's people... Whether, whether they feel close or far, feel like they know a lot or don't. Why is this valuable? I want us to think about this on this Thanksgiving weekend because there is a reason to this and there's something that this produces, something that being together produces. And the psalm is going to help guide this for us. Okay, so Psalm 105. This is going to be a little more interactive today. We have some videos that I want you to see. We're going to pray out loud together. And so let's just practice, all right? Want you, if you can, if, if you're able, why don't you stand at your feet, and we're going to read Psalm 105 together. So like, did he mean it? Yes, please, thank you. Psalm 105, we'll have it on the screens if your version is a little different or if you want to read out of your Bible. Fantastic. You ready? One, two, three. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. Fantastic. Why don't you have a seat? It's good just to hear the word of God all together. And you're going to stand up and sit down all throughout. So this was just like the warm-up. This is post-turkey cardio move, right? Lunges. Anyway, okay. All right, three words I want you to write down, and they're going to guide our time Together, they come from Psalm 105. Two are in the text. One is a word that describes something in the text. Praise, pursue, and promise, and it rhymes, and I like it, okay? Praise, pursue, and promise. Why don't we just say that out loud together? Praise, pursue, promise. Praise, pursue, 
promise. Praise, pursue, promise. All right. Our praise and our pursuit of God is based on the promises of God, and that's the reason that every day ought to be a day to be thankful. That's it. I'm going to take a little longer to explain it because I get paid by the word. All right, here we go. What is, I don't, what is praise? What, what does it mean to praise? We all have our understanding of it. What does praise look like? And rather than giving you a definition, let's just look at the text, which defines us various words that describe a life filled with praise. And we see it in the first three verses. Give praise or thanks. I use other words that are based on the Hebrew, other English words that will give a parallel to it. Give thanks or praise to the Lord. So he's going to describe what it means in the next few lines. But praise is another word of saying thanks. Proclaim, that is call, cry, utter a loud sound to his name. Proclaim his name. So what does it mean to have a life that's filled with praise? Well, it means that we're thankful. We recognize that God is and he's good and that we called him, we cry. We're, we're not just silent in the way that we speak to him. Make known, that is to declare among the nations. So it's not just a private experience. Praise by its nature is us being out loud back to the God who is. And so I want us to think of the psalmist, those who wrote the psalms, and now those worship leaders who lead in the psalms. Their job is to be like what we see on Thanksgiving weekend. Some of you watch some college sports, a few games going on uh, this weekend. And there comes a time in the game where the crowd needs to get involved. So all you have is that athlete, that star athlete that everyone's looking at anyway. And they do, what do they do? They raise up their hands and they do this, right? And that's your signal if you're watching, come on, I need you, whether it's like defense or whatever, or just be so loud the other team can't hear the call. And that's something like, you said sports, and I'm lost. Okay, let's think concert. Concert, you have someone who's a front man or the front woman, the front person on the stage, and everyone is there to hear these songs, and then they'll do in the middle of the song, and they'll put their microphone out there as if you have a voice, right? It's your chance to sing in. Certain people, their role, their job is to bring us in, to not just hear, but to experience what's going on. And so just like the athlete raises up their hands, which is a signal to everyone, it's time for you to get involved. So the psalmist, the songwriters, and so people today who, who lead out, they're really here to compel you to turn your heart back towards God. And so praise by its nature is our calling out loud with thanks. We sing to him. Look at the verse. Sing praise to him. Songs are part of it. But notice, songs are not the only part of praise. What I want us to do is ask the question, why? Why are we here? What does this do for us? Well, part of what being here together is, is an environment where people are going Godward, and when you and I get caught up, have you ever been to that game or that concert where you feel like, you know, you heard the song before, you've seen the team before, but then you're there, you're in the middle of it, and something experientially happens in your own soul where you engage in it. You're not just a spectator, you're a participant in it. And so for us who follow Jesus, praise is a vital part to your growth and to my growth. Singing songs are part of it, but it's also just being thankful Having a Godward life, a Jesus word life, where you recognize that the good gifts and even the struggles he is aware of. And he has the power to be with you in the middle of it, and he can get you through. And the bad news that you're getting isn't the only news that's out there. 
Jesus is alive. And so praise, thanks, calling, crying, loud sounds, singing, tell. I love this. You could translate it, speak enthusiastically of all of his wonderful acts. Isn't that good? Speak and then God's good, man. Yeah, he's all right. No. Look at what he has done. You are breathing and you had a donut before praise. Come on. You are alive because of him. So we speak enthusiastic glory, boast. Everyone's, you know, I love it. On game day, people have their jerseys. After a concert, people wear their, you know, their shirt, the tour shirt, right? They boast that they were there. Guess what? You and I get to boast in the goodness of God in our lives. And this ought, to, this ought to be something we grow into. By the way, all of these words are commands. I don't think command like you got to clean your room, like you got to pay your taxes, like, oh, bummer. Commands are these like the person on the field, the, the, the star on the stage. Come on, come on, like get in. These are commands to us why? Because God is, he's worthy of your praise. Praise is what you were created for. You were made to go back to the God who knows you and loves you and tell him how great he is, not because he's an egomaniac, but because you are grateful. And, and the father loves it when his kids come to him and say, we are grateful for what you've done. But you know what? Praise isn't automatic. And this is why we're talking about it on this weekend. This is something we want to grow in as a culture. Why are these gatherings so important? Because yes, you could do it in your car, and yes, you could do it in your house. You don't need to be gathered together. But sometimes, have you ever been in a gathering, whether it's a worship concert or something like this, and you feel like you've just been caught up in the goodness of God? I know I have. Just by being with God's people. And it's not even so much your experience as you feel like, man, everything's great. But you, you notice that there are people all around you who are calling on this great God. And you know what it does? It stirs you. Why are these gatherings important? Why are gatherings in home important? Because when you're around God's people, hearing God's word and seeing God's praises, it does something for you. It reminds you of Jesus. How often do you remember Jesus? Let's just think about this week. In a day, how often are you reminded to utter out loud, to give thanks, to boast, to call out on Jesus and his goodness? Probably, if you're like me, not often enough. Right? And so the reason we come together week by week, month by month, is because this is not a one hit and I'm done. One game and I'm done. One concert and I'm done. No, this is a weekly rhythm because I need to be pushed to praise God and remember him. And Sunday ought to propel us into an everyday life of praise. When I wake up, when I'm at work, when I'm having a hard time, I'm reminded of God's goodness and I'm thanking him. And I'm not just going to look to my circumstance. I'm going to remember he's alive. I'm going to remember he gave me the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is with me and the Father, Son, and Spirit. I'm surrounded in his love and I have eternal life, which is like life. That's life. That's life. That's life. That's life. That's life. And 10,000 years from now, this problem and this challenge and this hurt and this pain is not going to be there. And I'm going to be with him and I'm loved even though I'm not very lovable at times and I'm forgiven even though I don't deserve it and I get grace and I get mercy. I can go on all day, people. God has been good to you. So these are the reasons that we need to build a culture of praise. And so I'm just throwing it out there. We as a church are trying to be intentional on growing us in praise. And that means participation. And that means unlearning some maybe bad habits 
Maybe you're, maybe you're taught, maybe the rhythm, even Christian tradition or good tradition, maybe the rhythm has been a little bit on the stiff side, you know. Come in, do, 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 do. impress me, Jesus. And then, or, do, 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 do. you know, a, little, a word, a sip. I'm not judging anybody, but I'm saying that if God's been good to you, and you have no problem looking like a fool for a band, and no problem going crazy for your team that doesn't even know you exist, wouldn't you think that we as the people of God, wouldn't you think that we would want to build a culture where it's okay to be a little freakish, within control, parameters, thank you, thank you, Robbie, <laughs> within parameters, not loosey-goosey, but exuberant in our praise. It's okay, I'm going to set you free. It's okay if you're here for a while. But, you know, if God's been good to you, maybe, maybe a little of this. Maybe a little, thank you, Lord. And it's okay to do this. And it's okay to get on our knees. And it's okay to cry on occasion when we're overwhelmed with God's goodness. We want to build a culture where when people walk in with no connection to God, they don't have to be told that God's alive. They'll just see he's alive in you. Now, that is a culture I can't produce for you, my friend. All I can do is coach you. Come on, get in the game. We want to build a culture where praise is the obvious response to the goodness of God. All right, that's the first word. The second word is pursue. It's not in the text, but look at verse 4. It's, it's in there in different words. It, it says, look to or seek or search the Lord and his strength. Seek, or I love this, attempt to possess his face Always. Now, how do we do this? It's verse 5. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments that he pronounced. We need to remember. It's not just about an emotional experience or a heart that's overwhelmed with thanks. That's good. That's where you start. But praise leads to an ongoing pursuit. Sunday, the reason we gather is it ought to motivate us to seek God in everything at all times because he is the answer. What's the question? I don't even care. The answer is in God, and he is who we need, and he has what we need, and so we want to grow in pursuing him, and I love that seek, attempt to possess, attempt to possess God's face. What a graphic line. Uh, Nate, uh, one of our pastors here, they had their firstborn, Ezra, who's so, who's so cute, and he's only five weeks old, and I just saw something on Instagram yesterday, and in one of... Um, his wife Hillary's stories, and it was just Nate on the couch with his baby, and they're kind of rocking back and forth, and he's just bringing his face, this little face, to his face. It's just a beautiful thing. God is, is trying to pull you if, you, if you stop resisting, he's trying to pull you closer to his gaze and his face. And then everyone knows, you know, what, what Nate doesn't know yet is, is soon, Ezra's going to grow up and grab his face. You ever see it with a parent and child? Like, mom or dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they grab your face. <laughs> they grab your face like, like, kid, I can multitask. I can hear and look over there. I can hear and type. But no, a child seeks to possess the face of mom or dad. And it's the most beautiful thing. And it's a visual of our pursuit. Now, by the way, God knows what's going on, but he loves it when we grab after him and when we seek him. So the reason our gatherings are so important is because left to myself, I will get caught up in the stuff of life and I'll 
box got out. I won't pursue him with everything. I need you to lead me in praise. I need you to stir me and even get in my face at times to pursue. So we're a church that wants to grow in these things. Now remember, the psalmist is writing to people who know God. This is not the trick for God to get to know you. Like if you do these things, God will recognize you. No, these are written to the people of God. We already know him. And yet there's so much more to know. So it's the reason we pray. It's the reason we immerse our minds in the scriptures. It's the reason that we listen to teaching. It's the reason we try to live it out. It's the reason that we do all the one another is to love one another, forgive one another, and care for one another, and bear one another's burdens. And we spend time with one another. It's the reason church isn't a Sunday experience alone. But it's an everyday experience where I look to find other Jesus people and grow with them and expose who I really am to who they are. And who I am on Sunday is not the same person on Monday. There are things that you want to know about me, but I can't show you on Sunday. But I leave room in my life for your life so we can be real with one another and grow in the grace of God. If we actually believe that he's there, we'll praise him and then we'll pursue him. And mind you, the reasons we do these things are not to be loved. God already loves us. But because we are loved, we're invited to praise and pursue. And that's why we look at the promises of God. Look at verse 8. He says, he remembers. God remembers his covenant forever. The promise, singular, he made. So he made a promise to who? To Abraham. For a thousand generations, the covenant he made to Abraham, the oath he swore to his son Isaac. And then he confirmed to his son Jacob. As a decree, who's also called Israel, as a covenant that will last forever, or everlasting covenant. And here it is in quotes. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. So God makes real promises to people. And here he talks about the promise. And I think in light of the bigger picture of the Bible, the promise is that God is going to rescue everyone who trusts him. And his plan to rescue is the Messiah. It's Jesus. But from Abraham, who who says, in the future, your people will get land and your people will flourish in the land. And out of that land, many nations will follow after me. God keeps his promises. So why, you know, some of us say, like, well, I don't know if I need to spend time reading the Bible. Look, don't think of it as a religious ritual that you have to do to be loved by God. Think of it as a great addition to the miracles he's already done in your world. I read the word of God because in it, I see what God has done for thousands of years. Look at, just look at the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, which is mostly the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the people after, and look at how faithful they are. How faithful are they to God? Not very. How faithful is God to them? All the time. I see the faithful, I see what God did despite them. I see what God has done. When he should have smashed them, he loves them and cares for them, and he does rebuke them at times, but he does it like a good father. And so his miracles, the wonders he performed, the psalmist says, don't you forget, if it feels like God is far from you or you're far from God, you're not the only one, you're not the first one, and God has shown himself faithful. You can count on him. So I need to immerse my mind in the word of God, because it will lead me to praise the God of the word. I will, I will see him for who he is. And when I see him for who he is, I can look at my circumstances based on not my own understanding or wisdom or insight or connections or cash. I can look at all that I'm going through and say, wow, 
in spite of all that I can't do, look at what God can do. Look at what God can do. So the promises of God are the foundation that lead to praise and lead to a life that is pursuing after him. And what will happen is faith will rise up over time. It will it'll happen. As a matter of fact, it's probably happening right now. For some of you, you walked in and you're like, man, I, it's a, this is a great season and it's a gloomy season. You spent more time with family than you wanted to. Think about it. You, you, you have all these pressures, these cultural expectations on an already busy world. And, in, and it's easy to squeeze Jesus out of Christmas and God out of Thanksgiving because nobody cares about him anyway. And here we are trying to follow him. Why I need you and you need me is together we can cheer each other on to trust God in the big stuff and in the really small stuff, in all the stuff, and live a Godward life. I love what 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, look at this, they are quote unquote, yes, in Jesus Christ. So the promises aren't just ancient things to an ancient people. The promises of God are for you. And now in time and space, because Jesus has already, he's already been born and he, he died and he rose again and he's alive and he's coming soon. Because all that is true. All that God has said, he is saying to you. And there, yes, the beauty of following God is yes for you in him. As, and so through him, amen, hear this, is spoken by who? Us. To the glory of God. In other words, you're not a spectator, you're a participant. And the promises of God are there, and they're there for you, and they're there for me. And now you and I can say, because God in Christ has already said, amen. I'm doing these things for you. Eternal life is yours. Presence is yours. Truth is yours. Goodness is yours. It's all yours because of Jesus. Now you and I speak the Amen. We praise even when it hurts. We pursue God even when he seems so far away. And all this happens for the glory of God. God loves it when his kids grab his face and say, here, I'm talking to you. Again, it's an analogy that breaks down. He's holy. But he loves it because he's accessible to you and me. All right, so this is just this is just the foundation for now our response. I said you were going to stand up, sit down. You're like, man, I want to stand up, dude. Come on, help me out. Well, here's what we're going to do. What I want us to do is I was just in places where we as a church are connected. We're connected in lots of places. I was in three. I was in Belfast, Northern Ireland. I was in Glasgow, Scotland, then in Arua, Uganda. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to step in. All of this was an opportunity for you to be reminded that praise to God Thanking him for what he's doing is what you were made for. And then pursuing him, asking him about real things and real needs is what you were created for. Based on the foundation of the promise of God. He's with us. He's not against us. And so I'm going to show you three videos. And what I'm going to do is the end of the video, there are about three of our partners. One in Northern Ireland we'll start with, and then Glasgow, and then in Uganda. And you're going to meet people that are part of our larger family. You don't even know it. And we're already involved in these places, and you probably didn't know that. But I want to stir you to pray. So I'll watch the video, which is going to give us some information, and then we're going to pray about the needs that they have. We're not going to pray for ourselves yet. It's easy to get self-focused, isn't it? Rather, we want to spend our time 
praying for our brothers and sisters in their struggle, and then in response to believing prayer, we're going to end our gathering with praise. Make sense? All right, let's watch this video from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Hey, 26 West, uh, my name's Josh, I'm the pastor at Rehope, and we're here in Belfast. I'm so excited to be talking to you and just kind of exploring uh, and, and sharing with you what is going on here on the ground in Belfast. We love the fact that you've been praying for us and that you're supporting us. It's been so good to have Jose here with us on the ground. Uh, we've been part of an amazing kind of journey of the last two, two and a half years. My wife and I, Ruth, uh, we moved here uh, from London, I was pastoring a church there, and God called us to come and plant a church here in Belfast, and I, I, that's a whole other story for another time, but it was a, 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 an amazing time that God just kind of broke our hearts for what he wanted us to do here, and so we moved, uh, we had a, a one-year-old, uh, our son Reuben, and we moved over here, and we just started to to meet and to gather and, and sometimes it was two of us, three of us, four of us, uh, but God just started to bring people here to join us and, and so over the last two and a half years we've grown from that small handful of people uh, to now we're, we're probably about 120, 130 people who call this place their home here in the centre of Belfast. Now it hasn't all been wonderful stories but there have been many wonderful stories but as with any church plant there's some challenges along the way. Uh, and, and God's just kind of been growing us as a team, uh, growing me as a leader. Uh, but we're now entering into uh, one of the most challenging times that we've had uh, as a church. We've been so blessed to meet in this wonderful building uh, in the central Belfast for the last two and a half years, where we've grown, we've matured, uh, our leadership has grown. Uh, but now we have been asked uh, to leave this place. Uh, and we're now in the process, or we have been for the last kind of five months, of trying to find a new home. And I'm gonna tell you, it's not easy, it's hard, uh, but God is a good God, he's a faithful God, and, and what he has begun, he'll bring about to completion, and we trust that. Uh, we're just kind of inviting you to join us, to pray, to seek God, to ask for his favor over us, uh, to ask for his blessing on what we're doing, uh, because as I say, it's not hard, but you know what, this city needs Jesus. And so we're just desperate to find a home that's not only going to enable us to continue gathering as a community here and, and to grow together, but you know what? There's a whole world uh, of people on these streets who, who we just long to get the message to them. And so we're looking for that new home. We don't know what it looks like yet. And I'd love to invite you to join us to pray for that. Uh, we have such a burden to, uh, to develop a praying people. Uh, people who are desperate for prayer. If you look back over any of the revivals uh, in these lands or, or around the world, it starts with prayer. It starts with people getting on their knees and just calling up to God with a, with a desire from within them that goes, there must be more than this. Come, Spirit of God, there must be more than this. And, and would you join us? Would you join us in doing that and seeking after God for that? A, a few other challenges. You know, we're a young church. Uh, we're, we are a church of people who are coming from all sorts of denominations, all sorts of different tribes, uh, different places around Northern Ireland. Uh, but would you join me in praying for, for key leaders? Uh, we, we, we've got, I think, about 12 small groups that gather across the city. Uh, we've, got, we've currently got a waiting list. Believe it or not, we've got a waiting list of people who are desperate to get into our Bible read-through groups. These are groups of people who are reading through the Bible cover to cover over the course of a year. And, uh, and we've, got a, we've got a little bit of a lack of leaders at the moment. Uh, and we're growing faster than we can develop leaders. So would you join me in praying for 
strong leaders who can who can lead people in, in just unpacking God's word. And, and so we'd love for you to pray for that as well. There's so many other things going on. Come visit us, come join us here. We'd love to meet with you. Send us a message, you can email me. My email address is josh.binstead at rehope.co.uk. Drop me a message. I'd love to connect with you and hear your story as you join in with us. Uh, so thank you for praying for us. Um, we love what God is doing with you guys in Portland. Uh, and we're just de delighted to be joining with you in this network of churches just seeking God together. Uh, so thank you. God bless you. And I hope to see you soon. Well, that's a um, good reason to pray. Why don't you stand on your feet if you would. And we're going to do this. Um, we're going to take about two minutes. I got the clock. And we're just going to bombard heaven on their behalf. Uh, whisper your prayer. Um, out loud your prayer. If you're with someone that you know, uh, if you want to hold hands and pray together, that's totally cool. Uh, a few specific things. Their church, Rehope uh, Church in Belfast. Ra, uh, Josh and Ruth. Uh, planting a church is hard with two little ones. Just really, really hard. In a very divided city, if you know anything about Northern Ireland, the Protestant-Catholic divide. Right now, they've had no government for about a year and a half. They're so divisive that their local government can't even agree. And in that kind of environment, we need the Spirit of God to step in and the people of God to rise up and show the city what it means to be united, even in our differences. And they have no place to meet as of January. Not one place to meet. And so I talked to them yesterday or emailed back and forth. They have a surprise meeting with a new opportunity this Tuesday. I said, our, our church is going to pray that you get your miracle opportunity this Tuesday. So based on those things and whatever the Spirit brings to mind, pray out loud, and then I'm going to have you sit. We'll watch the next video. We'll do the same thing. Let's go for it. space for us. This space is provided as a gift from you above. And so Lord, if you could do this for us in your kindness and your mercy, even despite our human ingenuity, you made this an open door. And so we ask for our brothers and sisters at Rehope and Belfast that they will get their opportunity. Even this week, Lord, we ask you that the meeting this week would be significant and that you'll seal it. And Lord, while the team waits, give them a great sense of relief, Lord, I pray that the pressure and the burden wouldn't be felt by them, but that they would sense your presence and know that you're carrying the weight. You're bringing them to the land of promise. And if you could do it for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and get them into a physical land, you can get them into a great space to speak the good news of Jesus in a very divided city. Lord, we believe you can do this. And so we ask it in your strong name. 
Amen. Amen. Great. Have a seat. Fantastic. Well done. That was a decent warm-up, by the way. I think that was good. You know, you gotta, it's like first quarter. You gotta shake it off. All right, good. I know you're gonna get even bolder the second time. By the way, you as a church, you sent them $5,000 this last week uh, to help because they're gonna have to buy equipment that they don't need in their current space. Their need was about 50. We, we sent five. We hope to do more if they need it. And uh, 20% of everything that you give is put in a fund called our Share Fund. It's to share the gospel and to share with like-minded churches around the world and share the love of God to the least and those who are in poverty and stricken with injustice. So we already, what you bring in each week, we set aside 20%, so we're ready in a moment's notice to give it. So well done. Thank you for your, for your generosity. All right, second one from Glasgow, Scotland. There's a team, Brian and Kelly, started a church there years ago, and they have a new opportunity. And so Ruth, one of their leaders, is going to give us an update. at 26 West. My name is Ruth. I am here in Glasgow in Scotland. I am from Rehope Church and let me tell you a little bit about what's going on here right now with our church. So I'm standing in front of this building which is our new church building. Uh, we've been praying for more space for so many years. We currently meet as a church in the West End of the city, but for quite a number of years now, we've been uh, absolutely maximizing our church capacity with about 450-ish people attending. Um, and so we've been praying for a long time that God would open up an opportunity for more space so that we can continue to grow and expand uh, in our mission here in Scotland. And, and so this year it's actually happened and that is this building here. So um, it's, it's all happening soon. Hopefully in January, we're going to be launching a whole new location of our church here. I'm gonna be the lead pastor and uh, with me, I've got a whole team of people, um, some of them who are coming from the West End, a lot of them who already live in this area. And we are so excited about what God is gonna be doing in this time. Uh, it's a really unusual season in Glasgow where we've seen so much more openness to the gospel than we've seen in many years. We've had a lot of new believers coming to Christ recently. There's just generally uh, more of like a lightness in the atmosphere. And so we are expecting that God has not just given us a great building, but actually that he wants to fill this with people who maybe don't yet know him and aren't yet walking with him. So the capacity of this building is about 1,100 people, which is incredible. It's also got uh, two really big kids' halls. It's got office space, which we don't currently have in the West End. Uh, we've got a space that's gonna be a prayer room. We've got a whole flat, a, a two bedroom home right there on the side uh, that we'll be able to use to host, to accommodate people. It's a place of refuge, a place just to bless them, have them stay. Um, we've got so many ideas about how we want to engage in the community, uh, with, with arts, with uh, kids, with uh, who knows what kind of things. We've got so many ideas. Uh, so yeah, that is what's going on here. We would love it if you'd be praying with us about this. I think the day you're watching this video, we will be getting keys on Friday. So please pray that everything comes together that needs to come together between now and that happening. And yeah, if you would just pray for open doors for us, that uh, God would provide for all our needs, but that he would move powerfully in this area. People will come to know him. That would be amazing. So yeah, thanks guys. Hope to see you one day. Bye. Let's not kid ourselves. UK accents are just better, right? We've had Ireland and Scotland. So stand on your feet. A couple of things. Um, Rehope, the one that, that started in Glasgow, they planted Belfast, and now they were praying for more space. I was just preaching at their church two Sundays ago, and it's so slammed and packed. 
God opened the space with 1,100 seats. The max capacity is 400 where they currently are. So we just trust that God's going to prepare for greater things. While they were preparing to buy it, by the way, you sent $15,000 towards the purchase of that. And it was about uh, three or $400,000 to complete it. And while they were doing it, uh, a church was just about dead. Seven, eight people. The youngest is in their early 70s on the north side of the city, heard about what they're doing and cried out to them and said, would you, would you replant a church here? We don't know what to do. And it, uh, we'll sell it to you for one pound. <laughs> so they stepped out in faith to buy a large building and God gave them a bonus of another pound. So, so pray for Brian and Kelly who kind of lead the whole movement for Todd and Ruth who are leading Southside and then this new Northside church as well. That one, Southside is gonna plant in January. Northside, they're hoping by Easter. Let's just bombard heaven. If you think this is easy, you don't know what you're doing. This is real spiritual work. And they're coming against the, the forces of darkness. By the way, top six churches in Scotland right now, without them realizing, are all planning on expansion new buildings, new church plants, new campuses, all at the same time. The Spirit of Jesus is working in Scotland, and we want to pray into it. You're already giving. Now let's pray. Let's raise our voices to heaven, and let's pray out loud by faith. Lord, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done in Scotland. Lord, as just walking around seeing the city littered with church buildings as reminders of your faithfulness in the past, Lord, we pray that each one will have a replant. God, that each ancient building will be filled with new life, especially with young people following after you. Lord, you're sending people from the nations to Glasgow because of the university and the studies. Now from Glasgow, Lord, send them back out to the nations filled with the good news. Lord, this is impossible apart from you. This is crazy apart from you. But Lord, we've seen your faithfulness here. And if you could do it here, Lord, we pray that you would do it there. This week, Lord, as they take the keys to that building, we pray that something would happen in the Southside neighborhood, that there would be a sense of your presence and that people would be longing to hear more, not just because of a new church and a young, hip thing, but because you're alive and you're working in the lives of everyone who trusts in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. All right, sit down. All right, one more time. You're doing, you're doing great, by the way. I, I feel it. I feel it. You're doing good. Last one, Arua, Uganda. We've been partnering with Uganda since the time we planted our church. As a matter of fact, just when we were getting ready to plant, our first kind of act as a church was to help plant this church in northern Uganda through a friend of mine, uh, a longtime friend named John Paul. We call him lovingly JP. 
So he's going to give us an update about what's happening in Uganda, and uh, we're going to pray into that in just a few minutes. Greetings. This is Johnny Paul in Uganda, Arua Community Church. I want to thank everyone who has been praying for us in Arua. We've been here for six years now, but we feel your prayers, the people who have been praying for us. And I trust that you are still praying for us more and more. Uh, we, God has been good for us. Many times he has brought people in, though some go out, in and out. But uh, I'm very happy that he, God has blessed us. He has given us a lot of children who come to our Sunday school and the Awana programs. So we are so happy. But we still need more prayers. We have some more challenges. Uh, we are not meeting in a building, we are meeting under a tent, so we are praying that if you pray with us, that God will provide a sanctuary, a good place, a decent place where we can meet on our Sundays. We also want, us to, want you to pray for us that uh, God will continually bless us with uh, uh, many other people to get saved. The place where we are, there are many needy people and we need to reach them out. So you pray with us that God will enable us to reach them, even with their needs, that God will bless them and they will find the comfort in God's presence. Thank you very much. I'll have to translate Ugandan. Uh, so uh, what are you saying? That they have about 600 kids. This church, I walked the land seven years ago before they decided to move up and plant, and there was a little village around them in this empty plot of land. We just prayed that God would bring all these young people. 50% uh, of Uganda is 25 years or younger. Most of Uganda is really young. And so they already, in the last six years, 600 kids are coming. They're feeding them every Sunday, the Word of God and then a meal to eat. They started a school because if you train children in the ways of God through education, they can grow up knowing Him and learning His ways and reading the Bible. 350 kids are in the school already. This is in six years. This is insane, people. The church still meets under a tent, so we're praying that God would use us to be a part of the solution. We already bought the land because of your generosity. We'll need to fundraise in the next couple of years to actually build out the structure, but we want to we pray for Arua. JP and Rose lead the way. JP was just diagnosed two weeks before I came uh, to visit with a pre-diabetic situation. His blood sugar's way off. We're going to pray healing. Rose is suffering from some long-term respiratory things. It's super dusty. It's by Sudan. So there's a lot of dust that comes down from the desert, and it's really affected her breathing. So we want to pray God's healing power over them. They started the school called Solid Rock Christian School. Ever hear that name? <laughs> yeah, that's another long story. And sponsorship. We have given this year $20,000 towards the work that they're doing. But on top of that, you and I were sponsoring about 150 kids from people in this church. Do the math. That's an additional $72,000 that's invested every year towards young lives in a ruin. 
we're doing this. So based on God's faithfulness to provide and give us the ability to do it, now we want to pray for the next level. God's given JP favor in the city. And now we're praying that this coming year, they'll, they'll see untold amounts of people come to faith in Christ. Why don't you stand at your feet and we're going to pray. Side story on salvation. I spoke there last Sunday and I got a chance to meet the two children that our family sponsors. At the end of the gathering, I invited people who want to respond and follow Jesus to come forward. I wanted to pray with them and a bunch of people did and one was this lady. Well, afterwards, I didn't know and she didn't know that uh, it was the mom of the boy that we sponsored came to faith last Sunday at their church. And hallelujah. And thank the Lord Jesus. That happened, la that happened last Sunday. All right, that should stir you to believe for greater things. Now, this is our last time praying together like this, so let's just give it 110%. Let's pray for Arua, Uganda. Thank you, even that in the midst of chaos, you're bringing refugees from Sudan, you're bringing refugees from Congo. And Lord, we pray that as a result, even of the evil that's going on in the north and the west of them, Lord, somehow in your mercy, bring salvation to those who are flocking the city for a refuge, to literally have a place to live in peace because of the chaos at home. Lord, we pray for the 350 kids that are in school, 150 sponsored by generosity from this church. Lord, may every family member hear the good news. And Lord, we pray that they would put their trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And 26 West said, amen. All right, final for us. We're going to respond in worship now. We sing, Jose, we're praying for everybody else. It's a setup. Next week, this praying for one another, this believing prayer, this connecting with one another, pursuing God together is really been a setup for next Sunday. Um, we have been trying just in our space to set apart a spot to pray in response to whatever is going on in your world. So starting next Sunday, we've already trained a prayer team. We have the first wave already done. If you want to join it, you can. Just go on the website and just find Nate Kupish and email him. If you're on our website, our email list, we'll email you this week about it. But uh, we want you, whenever you come, no matter what you're going through, to have someone to pray for you one-on-one. -on -one. We've tried doing it here in this space, but the room, just the echoing of sound, it gets too loud. So we retrofitted our office. If you look over to your right, those two doors on your right that say exit, exit over here, you're going to go out one of these doors, and across the hall is our office. But we retrofitted it. You can go in there afterwards to check it out with couches and chairs. And we did it on purpose. So every Sunday, no matter what you're going through, what burden you're bearing, issue you're dealing with, that not only will you come and worship and praise and pursue God, but you can have a one-on-one -on -one connection with someone and pray over that. 
So I'll, we're going to talk about it every week for the next three months until it gets in the rhythm and you're in it. But after the teaching time, when we respond with praise, we're going to have that open. So you don't even have to wait. If you're here and you know it, you come next week, as soon as people are worshiping or maybe going out to the tables, you just find your way over there and there'll be men and women, guys praying with guys, ladies praying with ladies, and there'll be a chance for you to have a voice and an ear and, and watch God meet those needs right where you're at, okay? So that's where we're headed. We want to grow in being a praising people and a pursuing people and a praying people. Lord, now we give our hearts and our voices to you. Because you have been good, we want to reflect back to you our thanks. We want to call out loud. We want to utter with a loud voice. We want to boast in you, Jesus, because you're worthy of our praise. We sing these songs to you. Amen.